What's up? What's up? <laughs> I like that. This is the last week out. Um, shout out to our sponsors real quick. Sissy Art. It's a beautiful, beautiful art company. She makes really good pieces, really unique pieces. Um, and you can follow her at Sissy Art. Also to Tatum's Holiday Lighting. Woo! Oh, yeah. New, new sponsor. Yeah, new sponsor. Um, for unsolicited advice, go ahead and DM us at Last Week Out or The Last Week Out. That's The Last Week Out at Gmail. Um, oh, that's about the beat. Read that one. Okay. And then the beat that you guys just heard that I was rudely talking over, that's by Devin J. Hancock. And you can mm. follow him at Devin J. Hancock. Um, once again, just DM, uh, DM us for advice. My name is Nick. I am your host for the day. <laughs> I'm accompanied by the one and only Anthony Tatum. Here present. Anthony. Sir Mix-a-Lot, Big Daddy Slack on mm, the sticks. Yeah. 420, dude. I love 420. it when you wear these lilac panties. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a really cool guest today, guys. Um, his, yeah. name's, his name's Donnie. Um, he has the, an absolute The Don. The Don. The Don Wall. Um, he has an absolutely beautiful story. Um, his, his experiences that he's gone through in his life are um, some things that um, I don't know how I would handle myself. So um, I'm just really excited you know, to hear what you have to say and uh, to just get to know you, man. It's going to be beautiful. Huh? But let's, let's wow. just address the elephant in the room right now. Chad's not here. So, so yeah, yeah, we're missing that right now. I almost and, didn't come. Yeah, what the fuck, Chad? <laughs> you just didn't think Dawn was important. The Dawn right. is here. I still smell like Similac. So Chad calls us last night, and he's like, "Well, we I got some things to take you out. I I don't worry, I got a sub." And he sent us our friend Nick, and we're like, "Oh." I'm grateful for it. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's really Thanks, good looking. Don. Thanks, Donnie. Put him in the fucking frame. Make sure the camera is just facing him. Chad, Chad, where you at, buddy? I want you to know, though, we're going to take this lead and we're going to do whatever the fuck we want Mm. with it. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, I asked him why he couldn't make it and he said, I have these weird pepperoni nipples. Yeah, and they're swelling (laughs) up. Yeah, to get two ice packs on those things. Let them simmer down. It's getting hot out here in Arizona. That was weird. I showed up to his apartment last night and he was just sitting in the corner smoking a menthol, barking like a dog. Yeah, I got to meet this Chad guy, man. It was weird. You don't know Chad? I don't know Chad. Oh, he's a fucking character, man. He's different. He is different. I might know Chad, though. But if I do know you, Chad, I'm sorry. I don't remember I know you. Well, he gave you a a strong, firm handshake. You say, Chad Fredman, damn good to meet you. You'd remember it. I'd remember that. He leaves an impression. He's likable. All right. So like Nick had introduced, we're here. We've got Donnie. As we do every morning, we go out, we eat some breakfast, we talk. I actually met Donnie a week ago. So it's kind of a a small world. uh, David had stated before I even met you that he was trying to get you on the podcast. And I met you in passing. And now you're here. What yeah. a fun a turn of fucking events. But we went out to breakfast. Wonderful breakfast. Eggs Benedict. Rock. Mm. Now, thank you. Thank you. Donnie, Donnie has never listened to our podcast. No. Well, and that's okay. So he doesn't really know what to expect. I've never listened to a podcast. Not even one. No, no Joe Rogan. No, man. This is all new experience for me. Okay. Awesome. Well, we got to just awesome. we'll fucking shake it out. We're here. There we go. <laughs> Get loose, no big deal. We're recording, we can edit all of this. We already said that. Cool. So you can just say fuck and shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when we were out to breakfast, I was kind of explaining to Donnie a little bit about what we do here. And the best way to start it up is just basically to ask a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? 
St. Louis, Missouri. Mm. Misery. Misery. <laughs> That's what we call it, misery. Were you out there your whole childhood? Until um, late 20s. Okay. Then uh, moved to uh, Cali, California. Uh, Santa Cruz, actually. What a place. Yeah. Santa Cruz is It beautiful. was, yeah, it was really different. You know, it was the first time that, like, I actually saw men greeting each other with a hug. You know, it was really different for me. I mean, I'm a gay man, right? Came out really, really early. And uh, growing up in South St. Louis, it was very difficult. And um, well, was, was it gay men that were hugging each other? Or no, just men straight men. Straight men, I should have said that. So you're like, this is my fucking place. You know, where, where, I, where I grew up, it's like you shook hands too long and you were a fag, you know? So uh, it was really different seeing that kind of, that kind of love, you know? And um, well, how long? Culture shock. So you were gay. Were you gay right from the start? You knew you were gay. Oh hell yeah! Tell me about that. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I can remember being like a little boy even, and like you'd get the Sunday papers, and back then, you know, the Sunday papers were real thick because it had all the the cartoons and all the ads and, and the everything like that, and all that like stuff. That. The Sunday papers was how we got all of our information. You know, there was a paper weekly. Sunday was real thick, so I would be looking through the funnies and stuff like that. Um, I was probably like five, six years old, whatever. And I would get to like a Sears and Roebuck ad and it'd be a guy modeling in his underwear. And I couldn't fucking take my eyes off of it. I was just like, uh, kind of like you would be if you saw a girl in her bra and panties. Yeah. Right. You well, know? about what age? I really like that. I really yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it was, it was, it was early. It was like, you know, before 10 that, you know, six, seven, eight, whatever, you yeah. know. But I just remembered like if my mom walked into the room I knew inherently, I mean, it wasn't about knowing I was gay or anything like that. It was just like, ooh, I'll get in trouble for that. Mm -hmm. So I'd turn it back to the funnies. Just switch it over. You know, like when you first got your Playboy magazine, you didn't want your parents to find that shit. Yeah. You know? Right. Well, I stole so, it from my stepdad. I yeah. can't have them fucking find it. Exactly. That. But you know, you, you knew you'd kind of get in trouble. Uh -huh. So it was the same with me, only I was looking at guys in their underwear instead of girls in their underwear. Did, so the first person you kissed was a guy? Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever really... Like, I've never had a deep French kiss with a woman. I've never been with a woman. That's a cool experience because I hear about, especially the generation before us, they had to kind of like play the game of being straight. You didn't even play that fucking game. No, I've never played that game. What, did this did this kiss happen when you were like really young or was it mid-teens? Mid yeah, and I had experiences really young too that I guess, you know, I guess it could be considered... Um, uh, molestation or uh, uh, abuse because I was so young uh, by a, my my best friend Dinky was his name right I'd have what sleepovers Dinky. I'd have sleepovers and his older brother and I would would hook up now looking back on it now yeah that was fucked up but even thinking about it now I still am a little excited that it happened instead of being twisted about it well I listened to a podcast by a guy is that I, too much information I mean, no fuck no, no, no it's not too much information it's right on time <laughs> where a lot of the times the older gay guys will kind of uh you'd say sponsor the younger guys into the sort of culture and the lifestyle right he wasn't it. trying to do that he, he was, was just trying to a, fuck you he was just a fucked up guy that that were that was a, a, he was abusing children let's god face it. damn it but because i knew i was gay from a very early age mm -hmm. it didn't it wasn't abuse to me mm -hmm. you know it was uh you know like exciting <laughs> fuck yeah so then the yeah. move to california were you how do you do in school 
I did really well in school. I mean, I was fucked up. Like some of the stuff, like in my sophomore year, I was uh, I was really really popular from the get go. You seem like you and, would be. You're like uh, yeah. I get that vibe too. 100%. You know, it, it was weird. just weird stuff happened. Um, like in my freshman year, and I like excelled and. Like most of my friends were like seniors and stuff. I was like, and I had a harem of girls and I had a lot of power. I was out, I was gay, but like- Fucking clout lord. But like all the dudes, man, they had to like kind of bow down to me because I had all the pussy in my hand. Mm -hmm. You, know <laughs> you called I mean? the shots, you're the <laughs> fucking Don. I called all the shots, man. And if you looked at me wrong, I'm like, oh, you don't like girls? You don't want. And they're like, no, no, Don. I like girls. It's cool. I'm sorry. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Kiss me on the fucking mouth, and you, you want to kiss me you know? these girls. <laughs> I was never like that. I never treated straight guys like that. You know, I yeah. never. I know. I always had respect, and I hated that that game. Other gay men did. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just always bugged me that even that. Oh, that dude just a six pack and a shot away. You know, it's like, no, he's not, dude. He's fucking straight, dude. Well, we were talking about that. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that. You it's know? like I don't think that uh, like I look at guys and I, there's guys where I'm like, damn, that's a good looking guy. Yeah. But it's like, I, I don't wanna kiss him on the fucking mouth. And that's okay. And you know what's really cool about that is that you can say that and I appreciate that. And there's times when I'll ask you, oh, oh, your friend, blah, 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 you're talking about, is he hot? You're like, I don't fucking know. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, ask me if Nick's hot. You got hot. fucking eyes, dude. Ask me if Nick's hot right now. Is Nick hot? Nick's a good looking fucking man. Nick's fucking. He's a catch, yeah. dude. Yeah, man. If he, I don't even know. Uh, you put a suit on this guy, we could throw him on GQ magazine right, right now. <laughs> right. So you you finish high school. Do you go to college? I do not go to college. I I left home at like sixteen. Got my own apartment. Was working full time and finishing high school. So college was kind of out of the question, money wise. And um, but what I was telling you about like my high school thing, like yeah, I did really well in school and like sophomore year. I was uh, nominated and voted class president. By the end of the year, they like fucking impeached me because I also sold the most weed than anybody in school. Oh man. So it was kind of like that. I was really good, but I was also fucking crazy too. The fucking Don. The I Don, got, he was running the show. I got impeached though, man. Who fucking what, gets what, How did they get the man? mutiny going? You just yeah. didn't play the power. You start holding right. signs up outside of your first hour class. Just getting busted. And finally they're like, dude, we really dig you, but you're a class president. And <laughs> you got to be sneaky. <laughs> you're selling weed, dude. It's not good. So <laughs> what made you move to California? Um, I was working. Um, what were you doing? At a Breckenridge. I was running a restaurant and the food and beverage director and I were really, really close. Mm -hmm. And I would just make sure the restaurant was set up. Everybody was in place. We'd go to her office, sit there and drink bottles of Absolute and play gin for a nickel a point, right? Mm -hmm. All night long. And one day she said that uh, she got a job offer in Carmel, which is in Monterey Bay, and uh, said that she leaves in two weeks. And I was devastated. I'm like, what the fuck about my life? I'm like... You know, you got to take me with you. And we just kind of laughed about it. The next day, she called me into her office and said, I took that job. I leave in two weeks and you're going with me. And so, boom, we were off. Nice. Yeah. Did you have a car at the time? No, fuck no. Just, you, so oh, I did. Perfect. I had an old beat up something. I don't know what it was. I just left it. Took the place off. <laughs> it might still be there wherever yeah, it's at. It might be. I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't worried about it. I didn't take anything. I just took clothes and left. So you come out to California. What year is this? Fuck, I'm really bad with years, guys. Okay, ish. Um, I guess sometime in the 90s. 90s. Okay, good. good. <laughs> so what I'm was really California like back there? You like, said guys like were 20, hugging. I was like 27, 20. Yeah, it was real, especially Santa Cruz, man. I mean, it's surfer capital of the world. You know what I mean? Everyone's like cool, laid back, all that stuff. You know, everyone's a little, you know, hippie-ish still. 
left over from you know San Francisco, the '60s, Hey Ashbury, all that. Well. It's just a really cool, cool, well-grounded place. You know, mm -hmm. uh, very spiritual. Um, you know, uh, uh, what do you call the fucking stones and stuff like that? Like all the. Uh, I don't. I want to call it holistic, but I don't yeah, know what you're saying. All that stuff, right? You yeah. know, all that stuff went down, and that was all a new experience. You know, it was like wool socks and Birkenstocks. You know. Type Everyone stuff. smells like fucking patchouli exactly. and wire wrapping exactly. rocks. It was and like shit. that. And plus, what was so fucking cool about it is there's like one woman for every 10 guys there. So there were hmm. just fucking guys everywhere and they were all fucking beautiful, dude. I mean, I was in my element, you know? Yeah. And it was cool. So were you dating? No. No, you were just a. Why not? No. You were just a young stud. I've never, been, I've never been much of a dater. Um, I don't know. I never. Until I, I've been with my partner now for uh, September will be 28 years. Wow. And, and he's really the first man I ever said I love you to. And um, I met him in Santa Cruz. Tell me how you met him. <laughs> we were uh, at a, a, the only gay bar in downtown Santa Cruz. Called what was it called? Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon. Yeah. And I would go there and tear it up. I, I like to dance a lot. So, um, and, and, you know, then you don't dance with people. You just dance with the floor. You know what I mean? Whoever's on the floor, that's who you're dancing with, right? That's how I dance. Yeah, exactly. Like, get the fuck away from yeah, me. Yeah, you know, like, hey, would you like to dance? That's you watch never. me dance. Yeah. So <laughs> he walked in, and it was really like, it's so weird because that movie shit where, like, everything got in slow motion and all that, and and I just fucking knew. And it's the first time anything like that ever happened to me. And um, I don't really know how to define the feeling, but I knew. And he went and sat down. And I walked up and set my drink on the table and I said, hey, I'm Donnie. I said, I'm gonna go dance. I'll let you know when I'm ready to go. And he just looked at me like, <laughs> whatever, dude, you know? And, but every time I'd come back, he was still fucking there. And we chat a little bit and I'm like, I'll let you know when I'm ready to leave. So pretty soon it was last call. It's like, I'm ready to leave. And I took him home and uh, we made love. We didn't have sex, we made love. That was the first for me. I had never made love before. Yeah. And um, had a lot of fucking sex, though. Are you guys married? <laughs> no. You guys ever talk about it? Yeah, we talked about it for 28 years. And when it finally came legal, legal I proposed and he said no. What the fuck? <laughs> Wait. I'm so sorry. I took a stab at the heart here. I didn't know about this. Why? You guys have been together 28 years. Here's the deal, dudes. I'm early recovery. You are. Early recovery. I only have nine months. Congrats on nine months. Congratulations. So it's, amazing. It's, it's been a long 28 years for him. And, um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Always been on the Donnie fucking roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, You've yeah, had right? a hostage for 28 years. Exactly. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, um, the guy's a saint, but, you know, has his shit too. But, you know, here's the deal, man. And I understood it. He pretty much said, dude, you could relapse and go out drunk driving and kill somebody. And they can come and take everything I've worked all my life for. Oh, and shit. Smart I get man. it. I get it. You know, you propose like I, I, I'm picturing right now and I could be totally wrong about this, but you're just a goddamn degenerate in your debauchery. You come home, you guys fight and then you just get down one one knee like <laughs> let's lock this thing down. I love you so goddamn much. It's been the rest of you know, my it was just something that we always talked about and we were never like activists or anything like that. But yeah, you definitely feel especially legalities there. There's. I don't know, something like 2,000 laws that, that straight people get benefit from when they get married that, that gay people don't have an opportunity for. And like I said, we were together 
28 years, we should be able to have those opportunities as well. Tax write-offs, things just like that. all kinds of stuff. Just just weird stuff like if if I'm uh, if I'm in a coma and ICU, he's not considered family. He can't come mm. see me. Really? Yeah, Man, that kind of shit. Fucked. Yeah, you know? that's super fucked. Sharing insurance, things like that. All kinds of crazy stuff that people just take for granted, but yeah. it really means something, you know. Absolutely, especially there, to there's that. no rights, you know. That's your partner. That's your teammate. Yeah, but like I said, I'm not an activist, but you know, we always kind of followed stuff like that. And whenever we would hear something, a bad story, it was like, man, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. But we were always happy and fine. We didn't get out and march for gay rights and marriage, but when it happened, I was like, fuck yeah. Really, it was about me wanting to be the most popular guy at the fucking party, dude. Yeah. You know, I wanted to eat first. I get tired of going weddings and being at table 13 and got to wait for all these fuckers to go through the buffet before I can get up. I wanted to be the guy at the front table. A feeling of pure despair. Isn't that yeah, we're here up? for you. No, it's not. Always, a, br- always a bridesmaid, never a bride, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I just wanted, you know, I was like, this is our day, you know? Well, so, and, that's, and it's a beautiful you know, thing. You bring all your friends together and you're there yeah. to appreciate them. I mean, I got married... My wife, she didn't convince me to get married, but she wanted to get married. And I didn't understand it because I never grew up religious or anything along those lines. And I think, you know, to a certain extent, I I never had the plight to make me focus on the fact like I knew I could get we could get married if we wanted to. So it's like I kind of, uh, you know, belittled who cares? You know, we're teammates. We've been doing this together for a long time. But then when she talked about the reason why she wanted to be married. I was like, wow, that's fucking beautiful. It wasn't like we, to be the most popular person, though, was it? it, it well, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we could have said it like that. And you're pretty self-aware. But it was. It was kind of like, this is our day right. to celebrate our love. But we bring all the people that we love together and show appreciation to them. Right. And then also in front of everybody, kind of test, a testament to what we are have already talked about you know and that was something we we had said was there's all these unspoken and spoken promises that we have you know absolutely just between us as a team and to kind of lock those down in front of everybody like this is what we're doing here like we're fucking teammates and we intend to be teammates forever right how fucking terrifying is that yeah like no matter what happens what if I fucking, like you're saying, like I'm a degenerate too. Yeah. You're going to just let me fucking ruin all our finances? That's what you're going to let me do? Right. It's fucking crazy, yeah. dude. So I totally got it. And you know what I come, but what I came to realize is I can still have that party, man. I can still, I can still, because really it's also, like you said, it's about me wanting to give back in, in a large way, you know, that, that huge party. And, and thanks for all the love and support that Brian and I have received over the years of our union, you know, mm-hmm. of our being together. Our families have supported us. You know, we have we have great friends. We we haven't suffered like a lot of other uh, gay men do or or women, you know, uh, with their families throwing them out, disowning them, that kind of stuff. We've been very very lucky with our. Family Why do you think that is? Well, not just with the families. Obviously, you had accepting families. But me and you were talking earlier, and you said something that's really powerful in my mind and I think about is you were saying, I've been blessed because I think I'm optimistic in nature. Do you think that that had a little bit to do with it? Or do you think it's kind of like the chicken or the egg concept? Like maybe 
the reason because my family was doing something that's why I'm optimistic no you know I, I think it has a lot to do with like they say when you show fear a dog gets aggressive towards you mm-hmm. and I just always held my head high and didn't I, I man my fears are rampant these days you know what I mean with with this journey of, of uh, self-knowledge and awareness that I'm going through you know mm-hmm. I see fears everywhere but you know I always held held, held my head high and didn't hide being gay and you know I think or I didn't turn the other way and shove gay down your throat yeah you know I never believed in things like they would hold kissins they call it at malls and purposely make out in front of malls so that people would come with their families and have to explain a little five-year-old you know mommy why are those two women or why are those two men kissing you know I just think that 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 is that is acceptance through shock mm. and I disagree with that so I've never been on that and I've just been myself and you know interesting like I remember in high school um, you know uh, growing you know in the 80s it was like you know especially in St. Louis the thing was on Friday night grab some beer get in your pickup and go out and find as many gay guys as you can to beat up you know that was the Friday night thing to do you know fuck was doing that everybody yeah I mean it was pretty common I know in the south for sure yeah um, and like in the Midwest yeah and so that that was the thing and like I had people like the varsity the the captain of the varsity football team come up to me one day and say if anybody ever messes with you let me know mm-hmm. especially anybody on my team and they're off the team and they he said I'm one of those guys that go out and, and beat fags up and he goes after meeting you dude I'll never do that again and I feel guilty as shit and I'll never allow anybody to do that again yeah you know, and that just tells me that I was doing the right thing mm-hmm. by by just being me, not shoving it in your face, but accepting of who I was. And uh, that transferred over to him to see me in a different light. He wasn't afraid of me anymore because it was fear and ignorance that made motherfuckers do that. Yeah. You know? Well, I just, it's so beyond me. I, I'm not so naive to think that people aren't fucking idiots sometimes and we don't do stupid shit. And I have my own prejudices, right? You hear about people molesting children and I can get on my, but it's like, go out and beat them up. It's like, I want to get hit in the face. Right. It's like, what the fuck? I'm going to go out and beat someone up. You know, that sounds fucking crazy. I can't hit somebody in the face like that. I mean, with a bat, yeah, I'll take your head off, but <laughs> with that, I'm not going to bust my knuckles up, bro, <laughs> on your face, man. That's just stupid. So <laughs> so you met your partner. Mm-hmm. You're out in California. Mm-hmm. You're making a living. Are you still working in the uh, service industry? Yeah, I've always been kind of in the hospitality industry. I was actually working at a golf course back then in a, in a country club, which was kind of crazy, but... Because I don't play golf for shit. <laughs> Did you stay locked down in California for a pretty long time? Yeah. Um, I was in Santa Cruz for uh, probably six years. And then um, Brian and I moved to Hawaii together. Wood Island? Uh, we were on Oahu. Okay. He works yeah. for uh, Charles Schwab. And he's throughout. I've, he's been with them for like 26 years. So I've been with him pretty much that whole journey. And I've supported more of his uh, career as opposed to my own because service industry it's like I can pick up and move and go and get another job like that in another place you know type uh-huh. stuff but he's had a career with Schwab and they have moved us he's he's gotten promoted and has moved us you know to several states we lived in Colorado for a while we were in San Francisco for a while Hawaii for a while yeah you know so it's been really cool 
um, and now we're here. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, he does really. He does. Uh, well, he's the really, rock for he's sure. He's the rock, man, for sure. Well, you know, my wife. I pull my own, but you know. Yeah, my wife's um, a therapist. She's stable. Been with the same one. Me, I'm liable to just be fucking right. You know, making dry cologne any day or fucking working in a closet and trying to just doing weird shit. You know, I, I'm, I'm f- about to sneeze away from being on Chad's lap. That's right. <laughs> you never know. Chad's not here. Yeah, we miss him. Okay, and but you know, here's the deal, man. You know, with kind of that, like I, uh, you know, I was faced very early with some pretty brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. That told me that I wasn't going to uh, be alive tomorrow, and that's how I kind of lived my entire adult life. So I never worried about career and saving money and and anything like that. I always just looked at it: Do I have enough money for today? Can I make it through today? Just living. And your if life the answer was yes, I was golden. I worried about tomorrow, tomorrow, because I didn't think I'd make it. I was diagnosed very early. Um, like in 1982, uh, back when HIV was gay cancer. And, um, you know, it was a death sentence. I, I saw a lot of people die. And um, it was scary. We couldn't get any help. It was, you know, the, the right wing, the religious crazies uh, that had hold of the government were pretty much like, it's God's way of eliminating gay people. So let it be. And then when heterosexual straight people started getting it, that's when help started coming. Fuck, man. But we lost millions, you know, of course. And um, so, you know, I always thought every day I was like, I'm going to make it the best day I can, which meant I'm going to fucking party my ass off. You know what I mean? And let my, you know, I'm an alcoholic and an addict in recovery, but that's only been nine months, you know. The rest of the, the rest of it, I've been heavy into it because I still had that mentality because I... I got that mentality at 18, very a young man, that I wasn't gonna live tomorrow anyway. So you were diagnosed with HIV when you were 18 years old? Yeah, I just, I was right before I turned 19. Yeah. Fuck, man, I, I had my head up my ass when I was 18. I couldn't imagine getting some news like crazy. that. You know what was really crazy about it? Even though I was gay, the thing that hurts me the most about it to this day is I cannot procreate. Isn't that crazy? Why not? Because my sperm is tainted. With HIV, yeah. is that what you're saying? Yeah. And so from, so like, that was my first thought, it was like, oh my God, I can never have kids. It wasn't dead. like I'm gonna die, and I know, but you know, I think instinctually, if, some, if that's taken from you, it, it, it hits you, it hit me somewhere really deep. It took away an inherent God-given right. Like on a biological level. Yeah, right. I've heard that before, is that you grieve, as a gay man, you grieve not being a father I, I never have done that what I grieve is that God-given right has been taken from me because my blood and my sperm is infected I took it from me don't get me wrong you know what about the scientists nowadays I'm sure you're on the in the fucking looking up like or when you hear about it you research it I'm sure you know a multitude and we're gonna take a break here in a couple of minutes smoke come back but is there like science right now that's working on extracting your your semen and making it? You know, I don't know. I think that they're still, um, they're, they're, they've come a long way. There are drugs like Travada out there that partners can take to prevent them from getting it. Yeah, transmitting. Uh, they're, they're, there's no, I think they would look for a cure before they would look 
for a way to, to make sure your sperm's to make sure my sperm is I'm safe a enough. To have kids, hey, you know? hey, just no, don't forget, I'm a, a fucking idiot. No, it's a good question, <laughs> and you know there probably is research, but you got to understand, all research takes funding. Yeah. So you know, people are like, we need. I'm going to fund for the cure. I'm not going to fund for Donnie to be able to have clean sperm. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Had you not contracted HIV, do you think right now you, well, obviously you're a, were a rampant fucking alcoholic, and right. your partner's still, you're on probation still. Still on probationary period. <laughs> Probably, yeah. You'll get we'll off probation forever, soon, you know? though. No, you'll get, off probation. Yeah, you'll get off probation knows, eventually. You know, who knows? <laughs> but would that be something you would think I've about? Always, I've, always wanted a, I've always wanted a kid. You'd be a fucking fun dad. You yeah. would be a real fun I love fun kids, dad. man. I love kids. When we're at barbecues and stuff like that, the adults are at this table. Dude, I'm on the grass playing games with the kids, man. I'm sitting at the kids' table when we eat. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I love kids and kids love me. It's always been like that in my life. You know, and I know I'd be a great dad because I'm a great fucking uncle, dude. So you yeah. have siblings? Yeah, I do have siblings, but um, I say uncle in a sense of all my friends' children's. Oh, your uncle kids. Don to everybody? Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like, I walk in the house and all the kids are like, Donnie! <laughs> you know, okay. I love you. you know? Okay, well, let's, let's take a quick break. Let's come back where we were. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be right, right back. It's awesome, guys. Yo, yo, we are back. Last week out is back. Thanks again, Donnie, for coming by. You're welcome. Appreciate it. So while we were on the break, you know, we just had a little conversation. I'd just like to know, um, I guess the easiest way to put it is we talk about all these things right now that have happened in your past and everything is, you're pretty okay with everything that's happened to you, right? Because a lot of it is you, you can't change it, you know? Um, but what about when you first experienced it? So, for example, um, when you first, um, when you first felt that, uh, or when you first got those words that, "Hey, you are," I'm diagnosing you with this disease, right? Or, for example, when you um, proposed to your partner and he said no. What were the emotions going in, going through your mind or your heart, like in those exact moments when they happened? You know, interesting. Um, when my buddy Nick, interesting your name, mm -hmm. uh, called me and said that he was in the hospital dying of AIDS, which was so foreign still, such a new thing, um, and that I need to get to a doctor and did it right away and found out I was HIV positive, my heart kept going to, I'm going to lose my friend Nick. He's dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it was it was just trippy that, oh my God, another one bites the dust type shit. You know what I mean? Like right. not Nick. Oh my God, you know. About, you know, so I don't know. I, I maybe it was just state of shock or something. Like mm -hmm. I 
it didn't surprise me or something for some reason. Like I, it was, maybe it was a ticket to now I can be as crazy as I fucking have always wanted to be. Yeah, you know what I mean? Dude, that's like, how I would take it probably. Yeah. Like who's going to, who's going to, who's going to fucking fault me for that, man. Right. You know? Yeah. It's a free, it's a free pass. It's a free pass. I'm going to be dead tomorrow anyway. Well, all of a sudden, you know, months passed in a year and then, you know, it's like, well, dude, if I make it till I'm 30, man, that's it. Then God can take me, you know, 30 is a goal. I started having goals in age and even though I didn't have a lot of um, ambition and and um, goals like I, I want this and that or this job or that job or a house or relationship or all that by a certain age, I just wanted life by a certain age. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to stay alive. Wow, if I can stay alive till 30. So it was kind of that mindset, you know, it wasn't, um, I wasn't really, I was scared, of course, who wouldn't be, you know, there, there was a lot of guilt that I was still alive and I was watching friends die like beautiful, beautiful men, you know, with, with perfect, beautiful bodies that were just skeletons and dead in months and watching them so swiftly, you know, just, just fade away. And here I was not, it was like, why, what, you know, I didn't get it. I didn't, I didn't get it. I've always been pretty asymptomatic. So what does that mean? Um, without symptoms. Okay. You know, so I didn't go through a lot of struggles of, you know, oh my God, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. Mm -hmm. It was a waiting thing. Like it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow. But you know, I had a few things, a few, what they call arc, which are age related complexes with my lymph nodes and stuff, you know, but you know, nothing drastic, nothing like cancers, like a parse carposi and stuff where you get those purple lesions all over you mm-hmm. i'm sure you've seen the movies and stuff right you know, yeah. philadelphia um, all that but um so that wasn't happening to me so my thoughts were just empathy for the people it was happening to and the kind of guilt that like you know fuck man let them live right and, and take me i know that sounds twisted but you know seriously I, it really it hurt me and so for you, you'd even said you took it as a free pass. Did your alcohol and drug use ramp up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was already in it, but now I had an excuse. Yeah. You know, nobody could, nobody, who, who would fault me? You know, look what, look what I'm going through, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, you know, yeah, it was kind of like... I that mean, was you know, in California too, though. So you had right. moved out there found out no that was in Missouri in St. Louis yeah I was okay. I was young I didn't move to California until my late 20s so I had already like had it for like 10 years holy shit right, when I moved to California and met Brian and everything but you know I guess it affects me more recently with finally after 45 years getting clean and sober and what I'm going through in this this journey of self-discovery that I'm going through mm-hmm. and um new fears probably fears propping up for the first time yeah oh yeah you know because i i i'm dealing with my emotions and feelings now and i never did that before well and that's a, what we're talking about and what we were talking about outside was you had this excuse you you ran it rampant and you're just recently getting sober yeah and you're kind of 
re at 56 that's kind of fucked up <laughs> pretty fucking awesome honestly pretty fucking is, powerful it's amazing and Seriously. so you are going through that now you look back though you probably spent a lot of your life toiling with everything that humans do whether it's you know like you said you were in a relationship and being in a relationship for 28 years, I want a fucking testament, man. You guys have gone up and down and all around and made sacrifices and he sacrificed for you and all of those things. But here you are now, right? And you're doing this thing when you're talking about recovery and we have a good idea of what recovery looks like. You're tearing the guts out of your belief systems and things mm-hmm. like that. So what's going on with you right now? How are you feeling as far as your identity are you still growing are you still teaching yourself they are learning and and becoming a different human being i guess you know i finally i'm, I'm finally getting used to because uh i'm i'm seeing benefit but i wanted to punch you every time you said embrace the discomfort because there's growth in it mm-hmm. i'm like fuck you dude i don't want to feel like this i don't want to feel like this but now that I'm actually starting to see a little growth myself rather than, you know, for so for so long, I ran around, you know, begging for validation from you. You know, am I doing the right thing? Can you see me growing? You know, do I look better? Do I act better? And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like all that, because I, I can't, couldn't see anything and it's still hard for me, you know, but, um, you know, I have to say right now and give a call out to my sponsor, man. Um, you know, he might not be the best sponsor in the world, but he is the best sponsor in the world for me. Right. You know, I, I think that uh, it's God given that he's my sponsor. Some grace. Yeah, man. I mean, it, it like, so he, he's helped me a lot with stuff like that, you know, like learning how to find validation within, you know, because some of the things that he, he's told me, it's like, you know, you, you can seek these things from humans. Mm-hmm. You, you can go out and get that. I can tell, I can give you a pat on, on the back every day, Donnie, but five minutes later, you're going to be wanting another one and another one and another one. And you have to learn how to find that within yourself because that's a shit that lasts forever. It's not gone in five minutes. Oh, and I think the ego is such a powerful thing, especially for people, whether it's early recovery or just some powerful impactful episode that's happened in people's life is a lot of times we use our society as kind of a soundboard am i doing right is this uh, you know if people respond and they're like yeah no you fucking suck you're like okay i need to change this up a little bit Mm -hmm. i don't want that you know really people people say things like i don't give a fuck what people think i'm like yeah you're a fucking liar i I think that people that sit and say you know i'm at a point that what, what you think of me is none of my business and I don't give a fuck what people think. You know what that is? They wouldn't be saying it if they didn't give a fuck what you think because they're saying it to you to see what you think. Well, and yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, well, what they the want fuck? That, yeah, you want that to land on me. That's yeah. how you want me to perceive you. So for you, you know, this new experience and this new ego is like, like you had even said, I don't think it's wrong to want to be the center of attention. I think that's fucking great. God put that in your life or, you know, you're biologically built regardless of your beliefs and for you, you enjoy to, you know, make people happy. You seem like you're a cheerful guy. And now in recovery, what I've, what I have seen is that people start to really push on you the fact that it's about others. Like if you can just use this ego, like you want to go out and save the fucking world. Awesome, dude, go get on that ego train. At least it'll be a little bit helpful for a little while, right? you know, and then you'll probably have to turn back in and do some inside work because you'll realize, oh, this is tiring and unfulfilling and I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. But for you right now with 
your story about contracting HIV when you're 18 in the fucking era when it was, what do you call it? Gay a, cancer. Gay fucking cancer. And God's me? way of eliminating homosexuals from the face of the earth. Jesus Everyone Christ. was like, fuck yeah. Wow. Can you imagine <laughs> people saying that about heroin right now? Like, yeah, heroin is the way to get I'm sure people these... think like that. Yeah? God probably created fentanyl so that, that addicts would die quicker. Oh my goodness. I'm sure people fucking think like that, man. You know, I heard something not too long ago that, um, just with regards to growth and everything like that, that really like rang with me. And uh, it was actually on YouTube and it was a video and um, it was Les Brown. I don't know if any of you guys know him. Big time motivational speaker. And he said... Um, and I'm not I'm not very religious at all, right? I have my own beliefs and things like that. But he said, uh, "Why are known hells preferable to strange heavens?" Mm. Right? Wow. Yeah. Right. Because you want that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Sit with that. So like, and I could directly relate to that because obviously I've had drug and alcohol issues myself in the past, and um, it took me a long time to finally get help for them. So like, I can relate with what you're saying with regards to you know. Um, this journey of self-discovery and these things that mm. you're doing and like how and like how maybe in your eyes it took you know quite a long time to start that journey or to find your way into into it but at the end of the day it's just all part of the plan you know what I mean everybody wants to be comfortable right well, every person right. in the world wants to be comfortable but nobody wants that discomfort that it takes to get there to get there right exactly and for you some days are harder than others I can imagine most days are harder than others these days you know I uh -huh. mean I mean, it, I mean, to be honest with you, you know, I mean, it's, I've always found comfort in other people. I like people, I, but when I'm by myself, man, it's fucking hard, man. It's really fucking hard. Well, what's pushing you right now? Um, I think what's really pushing me is some of the experiences that I've allowed myself to get to, to have and being on the other side of them. Right. That there's new hope and faith. Okay. You know, it just, you know, you, you got to get past that first 30, that first 60, that first 90 of deer in the headlights and start, you know, just seeing the possibilities, you know? Well, and, and there's sometimes that dogmatic ideology that you pick up, whether it's, it's from whatever, whether it's from over evangelical parents, religious folks, people in your recovery community, where we say things that kind of go like this. Donnie, you've had all these experiences, right? And what we have now is an opportunity to use them as a, you'd say, something to make you more relatable with somebody else, someone else that's been in your shoes. And like, fuck, dude, I'll be goddamned if there's not a ton of people that your story would impact that I could never even, you know, even take the first layer of the onion off of. I mean, you're fucking talking about, you know, your sexuality being a social economical fucking mess you know back then and then hiv and your alcoholism and getting sober at a at what you feel to be a later age for your jokes it's just like <laughs> yep, the fun? i'm a fucking you know i stopped uh drugs and alcohol when i was 24 years old i'm like the most unrelatable motherfucker in the room when i talk people are like well, listen to this and he probably wasn't even an alcoholic you know he just you know whatever it is so for you, are you feeling as if those experiences now are assets to you or is it still not there? You know, I, it's kind of, 
you know, it's it's an idealistic perception when you're like, yeah, this is, you know, you're in the middle of a mess and someone's like, yeah, but think about how strong you're going to be later, you know? Are you, do you feel like you're on the other side of that right now? Or are you still in the mess kind of figuring it out? I, I'm still I'm still definitely figuring it out. But like I said, I, I get bits and pieces. I get, I get little like, uh, you know, I've never been an aha moment guy. None of that's ever happened going through the steps and stuff like that, you know, that you go through in recovery. And um, never aha, but I get these little moments along the way that, that are really... They not, might not be burning bush, but they're very powerful for me, mm-hmm. you know? And um, so I I think that's kind of my journey. I'm never going to get that burning bush. And um, I'm, I'm no longer resentful of other people who get it. I was trying to do this the way that worked for you mm-hmm. because that's the only hope I had was seeing how you did it, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've kind of let that go and started having a little more I don't know, patience and compassion and respect for my own journey. And I think that's what's really helping me along is coming to that understanding that, um, you know, we might not be unique in our, um, in our, our experiences, our, 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 uh, our problems, our alcohol, our addiction, or HIV. We might not be unique in those things, but our experience with those things is very unique. Mm-hmm. You know, and our journey with those is very unique. And that's what I had to kind of get to because I was doing it all wrong. I did everything wrong because I wasn't doing it like you, you know? Yeah. What am I missing? Why didn't I get that? What actions are you taking today on a daily basis that are different? So you get rid of drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Are you a different person than you were nine months ago? If I'd have met you 10 months ago and you were sitting in this chair telling us the story, what's different now from then? Hmm. Um, what's different now is I'm really appreciating those moments of joy that are really joy and not happiness. I okay. think there's a difference between happiness and joy. Um, what is it? I think that things can make you happy, but a glance can give you joy. By things you mean outside objects? Yeah, just any you know, it, you know, it, anything like that, or I don't know. Just joy is, I don't know. To me, joy is something that is just so random and comes out of nowhere for who knows what reason, mm-hmm. you know. And um, you know what it is? What during this journey, what's happening to me for the first time? Looking at my feelings and actually allowing myself to have them. And have emotions and this early in recovery it's a freaking roller coaster man mm-hmm. I'm like way the hell up way the hell down way the hell up and it's scary and freaky but you know what I have a solid support system man like I said my sponsor has been there every inch of the way mm. for me you know and I utilize him I'm very very honest that's really important I think I'm very honest with myself and other people and um, is that a change from 10 months ago um it is about uh, coming clean, seeing my own character defects and, and immediately, you know, like catching myself in them. That's starting to happen, you know, boom, boom, boom. I can be having a conversation with you and by the end of the conversation, realize, wow, that was really fucked up thinking. <laughs> and admit it to you going, I don't, it started like this, but by the end of it, I realized, no, that's fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. fucked up. Why was I even, you know? 
at first I'm getting ready to tell you, well, this, 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 this. And by listening to myself, you know, and being honest with myself, I'm like, let's start over, bro. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. and realizing that um, a lot of the things that you might do or might not do, really, my fears are what's responsible for how they affect me and my reactions to them is not about what you did, but it's about my own fears. Yeah. And and starting to, to realize stuff like that. So that's that's what's starting to happen to me. It's not comfortable at all. It's not, it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really like any of it, to be honest with you. I'm kind of of fucking tired of finding shit out, you know, you got some shit to work on, dude. I got a lot, you know, I got a lot. And um, what's a big thing we're working on like lately? What are we working on? Those fears, man, Those, those fears that are boom. But what I'm really starting to, to get a grasp on is you know, for a while I wanted to shut down. I would call my sponsor or call you or whatever and be like, I'm not having feelings and emotions anymore. That's the ticket. As long as I don't have them mm-hmm. or maybe I'm going to have them, but I'm not going to give them any voice or any power. I'm going to ignore them. I can't be affected by them and neither can you. Mm-hmm. That's how I'll help everybody. Yeah. I just won't feel anymore. Um, I know that's crazy. You're going to have feelings and emotions no matter what. What I'm learning to do is still have those feelings have those emotions, realize that they're normal, mm-hmm. and realize that I can express them mm-hmm. and I can share them, but I have to learn how to do it without getting emotional. Yeah, and being a dick. You know, so expressing my emotions without becoming emotional, that's been a real key thing for me right now. Yeah, learning how to process what is happening mm-hmm. like around you or what you're experiencing, like learning how to process that in like the healthiest way that you can without losing my shit right, over everything right, man right. well and it's it's a great thing it's kind of the reason why we started even this podcast was we had a soundboard of people that we could have these conversations with and i can say some fucking regrettable things to my friends man which is a beautiful thing because i will and i do say regrettable shit because i process i don't know what the fuck i'm sure. talking about i just come run off the fucking neck human right we're human right, right? <laughs> and this community that is a recovery community or just you know optimistic loving compassionate human beings that we surround ourselves with are able to allow me to do that and then kind of you know like you said, and it's by the end of the conversation, it's like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. Or like, oh, it's just like I was on an ego trip. I don't know what happened. The yeah. testosterone was uh, to my fucking head. I don't know what's really going on. Um, and you had talked about joy and joy and happiness. And I know for me today, and I'm, a, I'm in this area of my life where I'm figuring things out. I mean, I'm 31, got my wife, got my house have a baby on the way just weird things are going on in my life and I look at happiness and I look back on it and for me happiness isn't it, it's I I can materialize it at times I can place myself in positions to probably be more happy um, and but for me what's the goal is creating more purpose and more responsibility because for me I've come to find that life is just beating the fucking shit out of me mm-hmm. and that 100%. I, I want to be happy that would be a great byproduct of you know fade I, I would assume but there's a lot of purpose in my life today as a result of the things that I've been through and and this isn't something that I can hold and and bring into every moment of my life in the morning when I wake up if it's a good morning and it was not this morning I did not wake up and aim my intentions properly but I, I aiming at purpose is 
really important. It's like, who am I? What am I? What am I going to do today? How am I going to do these things? And just being really focused on purpose, you know, and, and not on fucking happiness and not on money and not on even my relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like maybe my purpose is to be a good, honest man and that intrinsically helps in my relationship. And when I look at your story, I'm like, holy fuck, man, if this and I don't I don't mean to put this on you. I hope that by no means you listen to me. I mean, there's some people that are like, whoa, calm down, you conservative fucking crazy maniac. It's not all militant like that. But I look at your story and I'm like, holy fuck, like your purpose is, if is so powerful. You know, like you could be just like a very incredibly impactful person and you probably are if aimed in, in that intention. Like the amount of people that hear this podcast or, um, you know, it, whoever with that with the experiences you've had, that is it's just it's got a, a big reach. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope so. And it's interesting that you even bring up purpose. That's one thing I was going to mention. Um, I still am not there yet. I still feel, I still struggle with what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. I still, you could sit here and tell me all day long, you have purpose, you have purpose, but I still, I can't see it yet. And that's okay. That's honest, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish I could sit here and, and be like, you know, like I said, the clouds parted and now all of a sudden there's this, this great person with purpose and I'm still struggling every day with that very thing. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that have never important to me before. I think that's what the difference in the last nine months. Um, being loved, being accepted, um, those things might have come, but they, they weren't something that I, I saw it, you know? Um, I, I, I shoved all that stuff because of, of abandonment and rejection issues from mm-hmm. way, 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 way back, you know? And I'll leave you first because I know you're gonna leave me. Self-sabotage, right. You know what I mean? You're saying make them leave you. Or or make them leave me because I know they're going to anyway. (laughs) You know, and and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You know, in in these last nine months, I've I've never wanted love so much. I've never wanted validation so much. I've never wanted acceptance so much. You know, um, those are all new things for me to want. You know, and it's it's fucking bizarre, dude. You know, because... You know, sometimes I find myself like, I don't know, doing good things for you, Anthony. Like I, I want to do good things for you because the more I, I, I show you value, mm-hmm. the more I'm valuable to you, the more you won't throw me away because you don't throw valuable things away. You know, I feel like your actions are right on time and you're, and you, and you're so cerebral and you're thinking about it. And it's like, it's not that we don't throw value, but you're a valuable thing, regardless if you're in your mess or not, you know? Um, I shouldn't throw you away regardless, you know? And so I think for you, um, when you're talking about these and, and you're just so, um, I, it's not, you're not, a, you're not feeble in your thinking. It's just, it's fun because You've when you're there. talking about recovery, well, we've all been there. We've all been there. And man. you fucking have been there in other areas of your life too. And uh, when you're talking about recovery, though, it's just really interesting because I, I, I have run into you, you know, that one time and you are like you're uh, you're positive and, and you leave an impact, you know, and you're and you're making yourself like what you're saying. If your goal is to be valuable, it's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I want Donnie around 
Donnie's gonna get shit done. You've but impacted uh, you've impacted me since the start of this podcast, man. Yeah, there you go. You know? That's fucking crazy to think about. Wow. So, so well, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do, because we're coming up on the end. All right. I want you to go back, like you're here you are now, and you have all of these experiences. I want you to think about you 10 months ago or someone struggling with some of the stuff that you've been through and kind of give them a little like an IV shot of, of some hope, you know, because I think you got it in you. So what, what do we need? What does this person need that's struggling? Because you said it's a fucking death sentence. HIV is a fucking death sentence. So is alcoholism, man. So where's the hope at? Because you've got it. You're a fucking living, breathing, healthy, happy. We went out to we went out to breakfast. We came in here. We were cracking fucking jokes in the living room. You're talking about how your um, was it levels are undetectable at times, yeah. and then you can feel it. But you just you're getting up in the morning, taking showers. You're getting things done. You know, you're not just slumped over. So give me a little dose of hope, man. Well, I mean, I just think that I'm still here after 37 years can be a dose of hope. It doesn't have to be a death sentence. Everyone's different. I think what I saw were people that got so fucking scared and got so consumed by fear and stress that that's what killed them. It wasn't the virus. Mm. It was the stress and the fear. And I have to do everything absolutely perfect or I'm going to die. And it was like a catch-22, that's what killed them. I don't think the virus killed them. I think the virus took over because of their attitudes. Holy shit. You know, I really believe that. And that's one thing I, I didn't do is live in fear of it. I, I you know, sure, every, you know, it, it's scary. To this day, it's scary. Because now I wanna live more than I ever have in my life. You know, and I, you know, but I mean, do, do what you can, man, to, to, to find some joy because I think that's where life lives is in joy, man. You know, like don't be consumed by that stress and fear. I think stress kill. I think stress is the downfall of everything. It causes everything. I think stress causes cancer. I think stress, you know, I mean, we're all going to have it, but the way we fucking react to it is a whole different story. And that's the only thing we can control, right? Our reactions and our you attitudes motherfucker dude you know <laughs> Jeez Louise, man well i needed to hear it i'm not lying dude i needed to hear it. i'm i'm stressed actually one of my closest friends two nights ago was like you know we were talking about what we were doing for ourselves and our self-care or whatever it was and he was just like well you're always stressed i am always stressed i got such a bad relationship with my phone because of my work and that's what I needed to hear today, man. I, I'm not saying I'm going to quit my job, but shit, my boss might get a call after this fucking podcast. <laughs> and it's normal, but I think just See fucking ya. recognizing, oh, I'm stressed. Fix Even it. saying that to yourself, you get a little relief from it, regardless if you realize it or not. You motherfucker, dude. Well, we're wrapping up. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Seriously. I hope I didn't make you all fucking crazy. No. You taught, you taught me so much. Yeah, what Seriously. a blessing. Hey. Thanks again for coming on. Thank you for all the listeners. I hope that you guys got something out of it. Please listen to us on Spotify, iTunes. What are we on? SoundCloud. David. Stitcher. Stitcher. Not SoundCloud. I don't even know Stitcher. Yeah, well, <laughs> look for us on SoundCloud. iTunes, Spotify, listen. Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube. Can I say something gay? Yeah, say something fucking gay. You guys gay. are fucking Mac daddies. <laughs> <laughs>
by the way <laughs> at last week out and if you want uh, unsolicited advice at or I'm sorry it's the last week out at gmail.com thank you Nick dude you, you rose the occasion Let's do what you missed